Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Weems podcast. We're so glad to have you listening in today. Before Carrie joins us in today's episode, we want to remind you that the best way to keep up with all the latest content being released by Carrie is to follow her on social media. She's on Instagram and Twitter, so follow her at Carrie Weems, and you can also find her on Facebook as well, and even comment to let us know how much you're enjoying the podcast and the teaching that Carrie has been bringing to all of us. And don't forget, you can always visit CarrieWeems.com to learn more about her and to see a full list of the books, curriculums, and resources that she has recently released. Thanks again for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Carrie Weems podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. And um, I have with me the awesome Carla Adcock. She and her husband, Matt, are the city pastors over Jacksonville. And um, I'm so glad that she's here with me. I've invited her to be my guest interviewer because we've had some questions come in recently from the church app, and they're really interesting. And um, I want to talk about them. And it's always more fun for two people to talk than for one person to talk to themselves. So welcome, Carla. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for having me. Very excited. So let's talk a little bit about the questions that came in. Where did they come in from? Yes. So we've had several questions. Some come in through the app. Some come in through our website. Some actually come in through your website at Ah, carrieweems.com. And then others have just happened organically through our deacons, through some of our leaders. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the biggest ones that's been talked about recently is around the concept that Pastor Stovall talked about when it comes to multiple washings or multiple baptisms. Um, We all typically know that, you know, you get baptized once you get saved, but then he started to introduce this concept of additional baptism. So we thought it'd be great for you to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So the verse that people are referencing when we talk about baptisms that that he would be referencing is Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. And I'm reading at the New Revised Standard Version. It says, therefore, let us go on toward perfection or maturity leaving behind the basic teaching about Christ and not laying again the foundation, repentance from dead works and faith toward God, instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So whoever wrote this, the book of Hebrews, is saying that there are foundational teachings that everyone should know. And amongst these are repentance from dead works and faith toward God, which are, this is how we turn from the world to Christ. And then our initiation into the faith, which would be baptism and the laying on of hands, and then our future as believers, which would be the resurrection of the, of the dead and eternal judgment. So you can look at it, that verse kind of laid out in, as it's sequential, if that's one way to look at it. But specifically talking about baptisms, this has always been really problematic for theologians because it's just a really weird way to say it. Like, yeah. is it there just one baptism? Right. So honestly, Just from the get-go, I just want to say that nobody is 100% certain of what this means. Um, But there are some theories about it and some ideas about it. Um, I think the most important thing is to remember the overall context of of it, which is don't keep going back and back again to the things that you already know, but continue to press forward. But it could be, um, one thing that it could be is definitely that there's the baptism with water, Mm -hmm. and then there's baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Right. And then it could also be, and this is very probable, you know, we have been doing a lot of um, exploring the Jewish roots of Christianity and just talking a lot about um, what is, you know, the kingdom of God, what is what is part of the kingdom. Um, And in the early church, it was very much more the culture of the church was much more Jewish in nature. Mm -hmm. And so there was a really kind of unbroken continuum for early believers from their Jewish faith into Christianity 
a lot of the practices that they practice as Jewish believers, they carried over into their Christian faith. And this book is clearly written to Hebrew people. It's mm-hmm. called Hebrews. That's why it's called Hebrews. And so, um, and so when Paul is, well, it's not, we don't know if it's Paul, some people think it is, but when the writer is talking about baptisms, that writer could also be referring to different customs of washings or baptisms that were part of the way that certain uh, groups of Christians practice their faith. So okay. it could be that. That's kind of where I fall on it, if just if anybody cares to know, um, that people had different kinds of baptisms mm-hmm. and, um, you know, yeah. and that carried over. So let me ask you this. So some of the things that Pastor Stovall has been sharing are examples around, like, um, maybe you've lost a loved one and you finally mm-hmm. finished a, a period of grieving yep. and you want to do some, some sort of demonstration yep. that will help you know, close one chapter, open a new chapter. So is that typically what you would see whenever you saw multiple washings or how else would people apply this practically if they wanted to to do multiple baptisms? So a way that we would see this in the Bible is in a lot of the commandments. So when um, a woman would have her period Mm -hmm. at the end of that time, she would go wash Mm -hmm. and that would signify the end of one period or (laughs) (laughs) Not to pun intended, (laughs) at one time in the beginning of a new time. Mm -hmm. You would also see um, at the at the end of certain vows that were taken that there would be they would the end would be of that vow would be, you know, the beginning and the end of the vow would be bookmarked by bookmarked by a baptism and and going under the water and coming up. You also see when John the Baptist baptized before Jesus arrived, he was baptizing the baptism of repentance, Mm -hmm. and so it. You know, he was baptizing people who were Israelites. They were Jews. They were Hebrews. They were already the people of covenant, but he was baptizing them into a greater level of submission, of demonstration of loyalty, of um, repentance. And that's why it was called the baptism of repentance. And so I think washings in that culture and in that time were very symbolic of new starts, of mm-hmm. ending the old and starting in the new. So even though it's not explicitly stated in the Bible, you can find, you know, uh, you can find where it's alluded to in different ways. It's very much a continuation of what was in the Old Testament that the new early Christians would have carried on mm-hmm. over to Christianity with a with a new understanding of their significance within their Christian faith. That's great. So practically speaking, people could get baptized again if they wanted to. Mm-hmm signify this in some way by a demonstration of closing one chapter, opening a new, saying goodbye to the old, starting afresh, and that's totally fine. Yeah. So practically, yeah, practically speaking, people can, you can be baptized to signify a significant beginning or a significant ending or, you know, the start of one thing. So let's say you got married and you are starting this new life together and it might be important to you Mm -hmm. to be baptized together again. Like maybe you got baptized in your, you know, teenage years and now you're in your thirties and you want to get baptized in life together. That's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Now it's important to remember that you, there's, there's freedom in this. You don't have to do it. I've, I was baptized when I was like nine or 10 and I haven't gotten baptized again since, but I know that people, they do that. And it's more of a, you know, once you've obeyed God in this area, you don't have to go back as long as your conscience is clean. I think there is a baptism for repentance, which right. is exactly what John the Baptist was doing. And if you have made a significant life change, like let's say you've been struggling with addiction and you're finally you're finally clean or, you know, you there's been an instance of unfaithfulness in your marriage and now it's restored. You might want to get back. I think that would be a great reason to get mm-hmm. baptized again, because in a sense, you did fall away from God and you're starting a fresh 
Um, and I think it's important, but again, that's not something that we're going to major on. And, you know, it's just, it's more, that's up to you. That's between you and God. If you've already been baptized, Mm -hmm. you don't have to keep doing it. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Well, why don't we move on to another question? Another question that we've been having is around the priesthood of the believer Mm -hmm. or the priest of your home. And, you know, typically, um, when you think of a priest, especially a priest of a home, you think of a, a male or a father figure, Yeah. but we have a lot of single women or we have a lot of single moms. And the questions that have been arising from them are, how do I do this in a practical way? Do I do the same thing? What does it look like? What are some of the functions that I can do in that role? I think it's, that's, that is such a good question. And I think it's a mistake to get caught up too much in like man or woman, because a priest was really essentially about a position of authority Mm -hmm. and a position of access, having the privilege of access to God that other people in the nation of Israel didn't have. So when God tells us, you know, when we're told in the Bible in the New Testament that we are all a kingdom of priests, we're, you know, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He is talking about that we are all, we're all priests unto God, regardless of if we're male, female, young, old, whatever race you are, we are all priests unto God. So what does that mean in terms of being the priest of your home? That's really the question to ask. Right. Because you could also say, okay, I'm a single man. I'm not married. Do I need to do this? Do I have a home to be a priest of? Yeah, and that's great. I think you should address that too. Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, yes, you are the priest of your home. So I would put it like this. Whoever is the authority in the home, you know, the head the head of the home, that is the person who should function as the priest of the home. So if you're a single man, a single woman, you're the priest of your home. If you're a single mom, then you're the priest, you're the priest of your home. It's the person that has the authority in that house to say what comes and what goes, what is allowed and what is not allowed. That's how I would look at it. So, you know, if you look at that in terms of, and it's not like if you're married, then the wife can't do that and only the husband can. I think we make way too much out of that kind of stuff. I don't think it matters as much to God as we think it matters. I think it's more, we just don't want to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But we are all priests all of us. It's, the doctrine that we're talking about here is called a doctrine called the priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm. And Martin Luther is the one who came up with that phrase and that notion. And really, when he came up with that phrase, he was saying that every believer has direct access to God, just like a priest in the Old Testament would have. But even more so, he was reacting to, at the time, the Catholic Church that was telling people, no, you can't go directly to the Lord to be forgiven of your sins. You have to go to a priest. And so Protestants now we have that phrase, the priesthood of all believers. So when we say the priest of your home, we're also pulling on that wider church tradition. Mm-hmm, that's great. So functions like leading your family or yourself in communion yes. is fine to do for a, a woman or a single mom. Of course, you absolutely should do that. And God, you know, he wants you to do it. He didn't just, he did not distinguish between male and female. So, you know, some of the things, let's talk about the functions of a priest. Yeah. So one of the most important things about a priest is they had direct access to God. So, you know, in, in the Old Testament, you know, as the priesthood developed, it was the tribe of Levi that had direct access to God. And even from amongst the tribe of Levi, it was just from the line of Aaron that could go into the Holy mm-hmm. of Holies. So, you know, it was very, very, a very, very narrow <laughs> section of the population. With Jesus, the veil is rent, the veil is torn, and now every believer has direct access to to, to the Father through Jesus Christ, which we just cannot quite understand from our modern times. We don't understand how prohibited people were from interacting with God, Mm -hmm. but that's that's major. So that was one of the things. So as the priest of your household, every believer has that level of 
priestliness, right? Yep. And I think if you want to take that and say, how do I enact that in my home? Mm -hmm. I would say demonstrating prayer, demonstrating, you know, praying for your kids, praying for other people who are in your house, um, making sure that the people who live in your house understand that they have direct access to God, that even though you love to pray for them, that they don't have to wait for you to be available. That's right. They it's can almost pray. like a teaching component to that. Very much a teaching and modeling component, yes. And so another one is the privilege of spiritual sacrifice. Hmm. You know, so there are going to be times, like the priest, a very practical thing that they did was they made the sacrifices on behalf of the people. And obviously we do not, please do not sacrifice animals <laughs> in your house. <laughs> um but we do bear the burden of spiritual sacrifice. You know, that we have to die to ourselves so many times. We have to sometimes, you know, take the hardship upon ourselves because we are the leader, because we are in charge. Um, we, we bear the burden of praying for things that maybe, you know, the rest of our, like our kids can't discern. Mm -hmm. um, that is on us. So the spiritual sacrifice of, um, the spirit, excuse me, <laughs> I got tongue tied for a second there. Um, the spiritual sacrifice of, you know, coming to church when you don't feel like it because yeah. you're modeling what it means mm -hmm, to lift up a sacrifice of praise, to be like, that's very much about modeling is a lot of what that's about. That's awesome. Yeah. I think too, um, a prophetic role, discerning mm -hmm. what got, what's going on in your house, being aware spirit from a spiritual perspective that yeah. not everything is just about, um, what it looks like on the surface, asking God to give you discernment about the heart, you know, what's going on in the hearts and lives of your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think, the responsibility to be agents of reconciliation. Mm. That as much as it depends on you, you're trying to bring peace mm -hmm. within all of your relationships. And certainly if you have children in the home, any of your relationships that impact them, you are trying to be agents of reconciliation in their lives. You don't want to sow seeds that cause them to feel like they have to choose between one parent or another, or, you know, you want to sow that, that forgiveness. You want to model forgiveness in the home and make sure that they understand how to forgive. Don't you think that's important? So important. Oh, my goodness. At every, regardless of what age your children are, it's so important. Because you have young boys. It, yeah, but to model it. So when you and your spouse are on the same page yeah. and for, and they see you actively forgive and move past that without holding a grudge, mm -hmm. that speaks way more than a lesson. Do your kids ever ask you about not they, probably they wouldn't say teach me about forgiveness mom but yeah. like what opportunities do you see that you have I think the biggest thing my kids are little so I have a three and a six-year-old so specifically my six-year-old mm -hmm. he's going to deal with things where he gets upset or offended mm -hmm. by a, you know a friend at school or a friend at church yeah so me helping him just process and talk through how we forgive yeah. Jesus forgave us so we should we should forgive others and it looks like you don't just say you forgive or say you mm -hmm. know you 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 forgive that person but you have to actually act on that and show that so and good. not hold a grudge and not you know no longer be their friend because of something that they said or did to you. So I think for, for the age that my kids are at, it's more talk, helping, helping them process through mm -hmm. specific situations that they're encountering maybe for the first time. And they're still trying to figure out what this forgiveness looks like in practical terms. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we're older, so that doesn't seem like a big deal, but for them, for them it's, it's so huge. real and yeah. it's so big yeah. to forgive someone. Absolutely. And then do you ever, do any of your kids, have you ever experienced like your kids having nightmares and needing to pray? Every parent has had kids, you know, their kids have nightmares. But yeah, yeah. My, my kids, honestly, neither of them have really suffered 
with nightmares. But, That's so um, good. But what they what my oldest has done is just said that he he has scary thoughts when he falls asleep. Mm-hmm. So whether he's thinking of something from a, a you know something he saw or something he heard, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um. And so for them teaching them how to pray that away. Yeah. And to and to pray through that and trust that Jesus is with them. They are mm-hmm. not alone. Yes, mom and dad are in the house, but. Jesus, your ultimate father is with you literally at all times and you can speak and pray to him immediately yeah. and you have authority to say that those things have no place in your mind and they, they have to flee. Like yeah. teaching them that and the teaching them the authority that they have yeah. in their walk with Jesus is huge. And it, it's cool to see their little eyes light up like, oh, I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that you have to leave. Like it's, it, it's exciting for them. That's so good to learn from a young age. Yeah, you know, it's, really it's really great. Really good. It is. But thank you all for sending in questions. I love answering questions. I'm, I was telling uh, I was telling someone in the hallway before I came in here, I'm very good at telling people what I think. So <laughs> if you need me to tell you what I think about something, I'm so glad to tell you. No, I'm kidding. Actually, send those questions. And Carla, where can people send in questions so, if they want to? Yeah, so they can go straight to your website, mm-hmm. carryweems.com, or they can go to the Celebration yep. website or the Celebration app. We have... Um, portals on all of those different websites that you can submit your questions and then we collect those and then you can be right back here next week answering more of those questions. Great. Thank you, Carla. And look, if you've not subscribed to the podcast yet, you can. You don't have to miss any episodes. Just go to my website, um, carryweems.com, like Carla said, and you can subscribe to the um, podcast. Clay is so good at doing that. I'm like, I'll just let you do it. Okay. You can just go to my website, carryweems.com, and subscribe right there. So thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again for joining us here at the Carrie Weems Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with your friends and followers on social media. And don't forget, one of the best ways you can help us get the word out is to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's a simple and easy way that you can help us spread the word about the great teaching that Carrie has been sharing. Plus, if you would like Carrie to answer one of your questions in an upcoming episode, we would love to hear them. All you have to do is email them to us at info at Don't forget to follow on social media to stay up to date on all the latest resources that are releasing on Instagram and Twitter at Carrie Weems, or you can find Carrie on Facebook as well. And of course, for a full list of all the available books and resources, just visit CarrieWeems.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.